Welcome or welcome back to Lights On Podcast. If you like what you hear, please tap into your generosity, rate us five star and share. I'm your host, Mitra Manesh. I'm a mindfulness storyteller and educator. I teach at UCLA's Semmel Institute for Neuroscience and Human Behavior Mindful Awareness Research Center. I'm also the founder of InnerMap, an innovative new mindfulness app. And I've been the coach to many knowns and unknowns of the world for the past 35 years, helping them to love, live, and lead more mindfully, joyfully, and peacefully. If you'd like to explore my work further, go to App Store and download and try InnerMap app for free or simply visit mitramanesh.com. This episode is about imagination. By imagination, I mean formation of mental image that does not come from our senses, a creation of the mind. When we go slower in life and have some pause and space, we create room for more imagination to take place. And these days, these COVID-19 days, some of us, many of us, have more room for imagination. Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, not necessarily, because imagination comes in two general forms. One with limitations and based on fear. The other one with abundance and based on passion. I remember a while ago, I had volunteered to offer my mindfulness services at an underservice community center. I told them, put me anywhere. I love to do practical mindfulness with any population and age group. So lo and behold, they signed me to work with kindergarten age children. And I adore working with unconditional minds and unconditioned minds of young kids. Anyway, I asked them, what would they want to do on that day? And it was a hot summer day, and I suppose the kids were hot. So they said, oh, we would love a swimming pool that we can go and swim in. I said, okay, there was no swimming pool. So I said, close your eyes. And I took them very gently through a visualization practice, like the kindergarten kind of version of a visualization meditation And I invited them to see things with their mind's eye and allowed them to go to a swimming pool and swimming pools and create whatever they wanted to create and start swimming in them. Being younger and not completely conditioned by the frightened adults, their imagination went wild. They imagined hundreds of pools on 30-something floors Each floor had a particular color of swimming pool and they would flow into each other. One was as cold as ice, the other one was heated and the rest were like exact temperature that they wanted. Pools had different shapes, some were round, some were triangular. And it was just amazing how far and how wild their imagination went and they started swimming in them and jump from one and jump into the next one. They even made noises as if they were literally swimming. So when they came back, 
I actually asked every child to share their story. And everybody was just breathing slowly and listening to every person, every child to while they were sharing. It was just beautiful to listen to them. And I think I recall that when everybody was finished, there was this sense of great, happy, energized sort of after swimming experience as if they had actually gone and swam all this like for a whole hour that the whole practice and sharing took place. So that was very interesting. And that sort of picture stayed in my mind and in my imagination. So a few weeks later, doing a corporate training with a few senior decision makers who, now that I think about it, could actually afford to build some of those pools that these kindergarten kids had imagined a few weeks earlier. So after the training was finished and to just test the waters, no pun intended, after the training, I said, okay, would you be interested in a visualization practice? And they all said, yes, yes. So I took them through an adult version of the pool imagination practice. And I actually gave them more information because I had taken them from the kids. I said, like, imagine unlimited number of pools. Imagine them in any shape or color or temperature. And when the practice was over, all of them, except one person, I think, admitted that it was very hard for them to follow my guidance and take their imagination sort of that far. And I said, why? They said, well, we thought like, you know, it would be waste of money to have more than one or two swimming pools and it's meaningless. And who's going to pay for the maintenance? And what about the water bills? And and they were just limiting themselves with the practicalities. That's what they called it. And I said with just basically a limited mind as far as I was concerned. And it was just really interesting for me to compare these two experiences. I mean, I shared with them and I told them that the experience that I had with the kids, you know, a few weeks earlier and how wild their imagination had gone. And I compared it with this affluent adult people in position of power, basically, and see how they are limited in how far they go. What it was interesting was when we really explored that because I thought it was worth exploring. These were really people who had made a lot of things possible, but they were stuck in their organization. And that was what the training was about. And when we explored it and looked at it deeper, we realized that this was indicative, this limiting belief in this scarcity mentality was indicative of exactly what was going on in the organization and where the problem was. They were really limited in how they were planning for the future and how they were allocating their current resources. So that work aside, and all the other information is confidential after that, but it was just very interesting to see how the way we do anything is the way we do everything and how when we can't imagine, you know, we need to wonder where else are we not able to go further than what is. This example was the difference between basically fearful imagination, limiting imagination, and the passionate imagination, which one goes as far as it goes, 
the other one doesn't and doesn't believe in abundance and unlimitedness. You see, our mind is always imagining, but the question is, are we participating in this imagination process with awareness and presence, or are we leaving our thinking mind to do all the imagination on our behalf? Because if that's the case, I can assure you it will always come up with the worst case scenario. As you can see, this topic is worth exploring. And I want to invite you to come back same place, same time next week for Imagination Part 2. Hope this episode answered the question or two for you or provoked and inspired questions in you. I'm so grateful you showed up and listened up. Until the next time, be well and stay curious.